Hey everyone, what's up? It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 252. Now this week I'm excited to bring back to our show one of my favorite tactical trainers out there, and actually one of the first instructors ever invited into our network nearly 15 years ago, Rich Nance. And Rich and I take a look at what I consider to be the most under-acknowledged firearm for home defense, the carbine rifle, and more specific, the AR-15 platform pistol. Now, this is my personal best choice for a home defense weapon. I think today's episode will convert a few of you out there as well. And of course, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you need to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 252 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. Pistols suck. (laughs) And that's not because I don't carry one. And no, it's not because you shouldn't own one. You absolutely should have a pistol and a concealed carry license where possible for personal protection outside of your home. However, in general, a pistol is a very underpowered weapon for stopping an aggressive, determined human being. Fortunately, for home defense, you do have better options with far better stopping power than a handgun, such as a shotgun, which is a popular choice among armed citizens. But there's another option that doesn't get as much attention, yet can offer even more benefits than a shotgun or a handgun as a home defense weapon. And that's a carbine rifle. Now, my personal choice, to dig even deeper into that topic, is a rifle caliber pistol, such as the relatively new AR platform pistol, which is essentially a chopped down AR-15 rifle without a stock. Now, if you have an AR pistol, whether you realize it or not, you've got a hell of an effective home defense weapon. But what are the best tactics to use with it? What accessories do you need and which don't you need? What do you need to understand before you use such a weapon for home defense? Well, that's what we're here to talk about today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. With us today to talk about home defense with the AR pistol and guns like it is Rich Nance. Rich, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back, Jeff. I appreciate it. It's been way too long, so I'm glad to have you back on the show here. Um, listen, everybody, if Rich's name sounds familiar, it's because he's a long-term contributor to and a member of our instructor network. Actually, he was one of the first instructors in our network like way, 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 way back when. And uh, he's got a second-degree black belt, probably even more than that now. It's been a long time since I've up- updated this, this bio. So, um, but, but this is a person who is nonstop in either training mode or development mode or getting his training out there. And he is a an unarmed combatives instructor and police defensive tactics instructor. And he's also been a police officer for over 20 years now. He holds a collateral assignment as a SWAT team leader. He writes for Handguns Magazine, and he's the self-defense editor for Handguns Magazine, not to mention contributing to annuals and other magazines published within the firearms industry. He's also served as the host of Personal Defense TV on the Sportsman's Channel. In addition to his other duties, Rich is a weaponless defensive instructor and impact weapon instructor and firearms instructor. And for more information on Rich and his training and his books and his videos and his DVDs, make sure you visit him online at www dot wartac.com and that's w-a-r-t-a-c dot com 
Iris, let's get in this because this is actually like a personal passion of mine. This is this topic right here. I mean, I've gone through a lot of different, um, I guess, phases, if you will, for home defense weaponry and, and weaponry and, and what I want to use for a home defense weapon and what's going to be the most powerful. And there's always developments, both in ammunition as well as in weapons themselves. And so the AR pistol is really, it, it really is a passion weapon for me, especially when it comes to home defense. So but I want to get your take on it because I know you've done a DVD in the past about the carbine rifle for, for personal defense. And um, when it comes to um, either the pistol or the AR rifle, what are the, the top reasons that this that would make like the AR platform better than a more conventional home defense weapon like a pistol or a shotgun? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. I mean, I think modularity in a word is is the most uh uh, the biggest benefit of having an AR-15. I mean, you've got, and again, just as your tactics or your preference for a home defense uh, weapon uh, are constantly changing, so are AR-15s. Um, I remember the old quad rails, right, where it seemed like the rail weighed about 15 pounds, and it was, you know, it would slice your hand up because it was, uh, there was rail space on all sides of it, and now. You know, things are more uh, streamlined. It's a little bit more ergonomical to uh, to use those things. And um, obviously, Air 15 gives you tremendous uh, advantages over over a pistol, certainly, in that you have two hands on the weapon and a shoulder mount and a cheek weld. But it gives you advantages even over more traditional rifles, like a hunting rifle, for instance, in that uh, the AR-15 tends to be a little shorter. It tends to have um, uh, stocks that are collapsible so that you could make them, uh, you know, uh, more compact, which is beneficial not only in, in concealment, uh, if you're going to carry them in a certain type of bag or whatever. Uh, you don't have to necessarily have a rifle case, but also in maneuvering them in close quarters, whether it's a vehicle or a uh or a home defense application. So there are a lot of advantages to the AR-15 over, say, say a hunting rifle. Not that a hunting rifle could not do the job as well, but AR-15s are just so versatile and and just really well suited uh, for defensive applications. Well, and also, like obviously, a shotgun you might be able to get, you know, eight ten rounds into the common home defense weapon, but with a with the AR platform, you know, you've got, you have the magazines, you can have a 30 round magazine. And of course, we should probably just preface all of this with, of course, check your local laws and, and what's legal in your area and what isn't. I know you're in California, Rich, which, you know, I've seen the AR 15s out there. They look like, I don't know what, they look like space rifles to me now. They keep changing, like just to try and maneuver around all the laws <laughs> yeah. and everything. Um, but, but I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure me talking to you about AR 15s is illegal. <laughs> Right. So Rich is in his underground bunker with a aluminum foil tin foil hat right now. But um, but obviously, you know, having like a 30 round magazine is going to be something that you're going to have with a with a pistol or with a shotgun. Accuracy is, of course, going to be much, much better than it would be with a handgun because you have that long barrel and whatnot. And this is why I like the the um, AR pistol, because you take off the stock there, you essentially have an even shorter carbine rifle that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have the stock like you used to, although now we have the ability to have, depending upon where you live and what's legal, you have the ability to put the brace on there that can act as 
That's cool. Yeah. But this is what I've this is what I've personally been using more of now. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think the the AR pistol uh is really the best of, of both worlds in that it essentially enables you to have a short barrel rifle, even though that's not the right definition, but it essentially allows you to have a firearm with those type of characteristics without the tax stamp and without a lot of the, the legal issues that, uh, that come with that. Um, there are a lot of advantages as far as uh, maneuverability, as far as shootability. And while I'll be honest with you, when, when SIG first introduced that uh, SB15 brace, I was uh, I was uh, at this writer's event, and I was thinking, this is ridiculous. This is an absolute fad that's going to be gone before you know before I leave here. But I guess I was wrong about that. <laughs> I was wrong about that. Um, and, and and you really can shoot from a brace like that, uh, essentially as well as you could from from a stock. Um, and of course, the whole reason for the brace, we should mention that, is for people who may be disabled, that they can have the ability to shoot and potentially defend themselves with an AR-15 style rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brace is designed, obviously, to wrap around a person's arm so that they can operate the rifle one-handed. And um, of course, people figured out right away, maybe even before <laughs> yeah. it was manufactured, that hey, look at this. Also, it could be used as this. So, um, but it, it can be used as a stock. And um, again, you hit on it already, and I'll probably do it two or three times. But legalities vary from state to state, um, so you need to really be sure that you do your homework before you uh, uh, before you uh, make a uh, an AR an AR pistol. Uh, you want to make sure that you're within the laws, obviously. And another thing that we didn't we didn't really hit on, but uh, when you have an AR pistol, that may afford you certain legal benefits that you don't get with an AR rifle as far as transporting that across state lines and stuff like that. There are laws that may prohibit uh, transporting a rifle across state lines, but they would not necessarily apply to a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's the, the, talking about transporting a vehicle, uh, transporting a rifle rather, or an AR pistol in this case. If you have a smaller package like that, you can much more easily transport that in a way that it remains concealed, right? I mean, that's, that's a huge benefit of having a, uh, you know, an AR pistol is, is your ability to transport it, um, covertly. Well, wow, those are really, I hadn't really thought about those points at all, but that makes a lot of sense too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, when I'm looking for one, I mean, I'm thinking about specifically for a carbine pistol, but, it, but it, essentially again, it's the only thing really missing from it is, is the stock. And so we're really talking about both of them, but, but for the carbine pistol or the carbine, if I'm out looking for one for home defense specifically, I'm, I'm looking for this to, to defend myself and my family in my home. What are some of the primary features that I should be looking for when I, I mean, there's so many AR-15 plat, you know, not platforms, but there's so many different AR-15s out there and there's, they range in price all over the place. Um, so if I go out looking for a carbine pistol for home defense, what are the primary things that I should be looking for as the foundation for my, for my weapon? Yeah, Jeff, I think one of the main things to consider is caliber. 
And there are several different calibers that you can get, you know, 300 blackout, all these, you know, <laughs> kind of uh, high speed, low drag things. What I would stick to is 5.56. Five, and five, five, if you get a 5.56 five, five, chambered barrel, you can shoot 2.23 through it, but the reverse is not true. But 2.23 and 5.56 five, five, ammunition, you can get it anywhere. It's readily accessible. It's more than sufficient to get the job done in a uh, in an AR platform rifle for home defense applications. So I think caliber is uh, the first thing you look for. And I'll be honest with you, there's not a ton of difference uh, in, in the different um, lower receivers that you would get uh, for an AR. Um, I would stick with a name brand, uh, but you know I'm not sure how much difference there really is. Now, if you're if you're buying a complete rifle, what I would want is I would want a pretty tight um, uh, mating between the upper and lower receivers. I would want to have something that wasn't very heavy. I would definitely pick it up and see how comfortable it felt in my hand. I would avoid things like heavy barrels and stuff like that, which have, you know, combative applications out, uh, you know, in the field of battle, but are just cumbersome for, uh, for home defense purposes. So, uh, that's some of the things, uh, that I would consider. I'm also not a big fan of, uh, of modifying the basic controls of the AR-15. I like it as is. I don't, uh, there are other things you can do where you can, um, I'm not even a big fan of ambi safeties. Some people like that because if they're running the gun with their left hand, they can do it. But I just feel like when I'm manipulating uh, the selector switch, I don't like feeling the, uh, the left side, I'm sorry, the right side of that hitting against my hand. It's just something that, uh, I'm not crazy about. So I like it kind of plain Jane vanilla when it comes to the, uh, the controls on an AR-15, but you really can't go wrong uh, if you're just buying a lower, for instance. Um, but, but again, I would stick with a name brand just because that's that's how I am. I would rather spend a little bit more and have something that I, uh, a name that I'm familiar with and can trust. Yeah. The other things I would add to that in my own shopping when I was out there was the first one I got didn't have a brace on it, and it was. You know, it's, it, it had, I chose to go with one with a buffer tube and I know that I'm talking about the AR pistol. Um, and then there were other ones without mm -hmm. a buffer tube and I've never shot one without a buffer tube. I always felt like, well, I, I want to be, I want to have the best control over the weapon as possible when I'm shooting. So I went with the buffer tube originally and without a brace, which, um, which I was able yep. to do because I was able to just put the buffer tube next to my cheek just for stability of aiming. And of course, the you know if you're shooting a five five six, it's not it's not a heck of a lot of kick, so it's easy to pretty much control that. But the other thing, and I, I didn't know if you had any input on this, but I had a choice between a an eleven inch barrel or I think it was an eighteen inch barrel or a sixteen inch barrel when I was first mm -hmm. um, got it. I ended up going with the eleven inch because for me the the longer I think it was the sixteen inch. It, it was still the pistol, but it wasn't much smaller than my AR rifle. And if I'm going to have something that, that's like <laughs> sure. that big, you know, it's yeah. like, why not just go with my AR rifle yeah. with the stock and everything? So yep. I don't know how much that barrel, like in a home defense scenario and those type distances of 11 yeah. inches versus 16 inches makes that much of a difference. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah you're right. And Jeff, we've talked about this before, um, you know, barrel twists and all that stuff. I mean, like, 
when the guy's on the other side of the room, none of that, none of that matters. And what I would do is I would get something that's the shortest that you could legally possess. Um, and, and that's what, that's what I would stick to. Yeah, absolutely. All, all good points. All good points. Um, listen, okay, we've been speaking with Rich Nance of WarTac.com about the AR pistol for home defense. And we, of course, we have a lot more coming up, including pimping out your AR pistol with powerful gadgets and gizmos for home defense, in-home tactics for living room combat with the AR pistol, and some specific training tips for adding the AR pistol to your own personal home defense plan. All that more coming right up, but first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun-range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range don't place your family's safety in the hands of hollywood fairy tales and hearsay claim your free copy of stopping power secrets now now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com and now back to the show okay we're back with rich nance of wartac.com talking about tips tricks and tactics for adding the ar-15 pistol to your home defense weapons plan now we've got a lot more to get to so let's jump back in now. So, Rich, when we talk about the uh, the AR-15, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff you can put on this thing. People trick these things out a lot. What accessories do you recommend for the AR pistol, and which ones should I avoid? I think you need to have a bayonet. That's just kind of a given. <laughs> but but aside from this, aside, no, I think what's the most important thing, Jeff, is um is a light. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways you can configure a white light on, on your, uh, on your rifle or on your AR pistol. Um, and, and that's kind of like up to, up to you to figure out what's the, what's the best for you. The type I prefer is like basically taking a surefire light and taking a mount and having that, uh, set up to where I can easily manipulate that on and off with my thumb. I'm not crazy about having a bunch of wires and all this stuff because it just seems like it's going to get tangled and it's going to get caught on something there. I just have not had a lot of good luck with that. So I'd rather take a light, like a handheld surefire light, stream light, whatever, and mount it up there uh, with a bracket. And, uh, and there you go. You have a, a very easily accessible light source. And that's so critical for home defense because, as you know, we've talked about this before, Jeff, if someone comes in your house, you have to be able to identify that it's not, you know, Uncle Eddie or Aunt Sally, right? That, that that's that's come over, or that it's not a neighbor or the neighbor's neighbor's kid who's drunk or something that stumbles in your house. Now you don't want that kid in your house, but you probably don't want to shoot that kid, right? Versus if someone who's coming in the house uh, to cause your family harm, then that person, you know, that that's a different uh, scenario there. But you got to have a white light, so I would say that's absolutely critical. And also another thing that I like is, um, is red dot optics. I mean, that, that makes the aiming process, 
very simplified. So it's not a bad idea to have, you know, like a, there's, there's so many types now. Leupold makes some, uh, Trigicon, obviously, um, and just have one of those, uh, uh, red dots mounted on your, uh, AR rifle or pistol. And then the last thing I think that's, that's really important is a sling. And a sling may not even be something that you, put on or that you strap into before deploying your rifle, but it's always nice to have a sling because it's essentially a holster for your rifle. So having a sling enables you to free up both hands so that you can do the types of things that you're really going to need to do if someone's in your house uh, and, and you've shot them or or you haven't shot them, calling 911, you know, maybe you have to... Uh, physically restrain them. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many variables, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of need to have both hands and a, and a sling enables you to let go of the, uh, rifle or pistol and yet still have it under control. So white light, red dot, and a sling would be my top three. Now for the light, do you recommend one that is like a, a looks like a flashlight and it can be taken off or or put on there and it, and it usually goes off to the side of the guard or do you do you prefer one that's kind of like a smaller unit built in um you know it's not as mobile like you're not going to go handheld with it but it's one that's just really there yep. for the rifle. Yeah, that's a great question and for me just I've uh, come full circle sort of but my preference is the first that you described, which literally could be used as a handheld light. Not that I'm going to use it as that, but it is that type of light, and it would be mounted on the left side because I'm a right-handed shooter. So I would mount it on the left side of uh, of the rail so that I can manipulate it with my left thumb. Another thing, too, uh, Jeff, just kind of a little tactical point that a lot of people uh, seem to miss is you need to set up your light, whatever type it is, in such a way that you can activate it without having to move your lead hand. So if you have a light mounted in the way that, that you and I just discussed, and yet you're employing some type of hold where you are, um, your left hand, if you're a right-handed shooter, your lead hand is back at the magazine well, or like on the magazine, the front of the magazine, that is a huge motion you're going to have to make with your lead hand, extending it all the way out and then trying to hunt for the activation uh, switch on that flashlight under extreme duress, that's just not going to happen. You're going to be shooting blindly because you're not going to take the time to find that light. So you need to figure out what's most comfortable for you, and you need to set up your rifle that way so that you can uh, easily access uh, the light. That's just a very critical but often overlooked uh, component there. Okay, are there um are there any accessories that you do you recommend that people avoid? Like things that you look at people's tricked out, pimped out um, you know, ARs and you just kind of shake your head like, okay, that's tactical, but it's not really truly tactical for home defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's so many it's hard to even know where to start on that. One one of the things I'll say is and I'm not I'm not sliding this because this does have applicability but not really for home defense, I don't think. But like the, uh, the the sights, the backup sights that are mounted like at a 45-degree angle. Mm-hmm. So like for competition, you can have a certain setup. So when the gun is held um, the way it should be held upright, um, you're looking at one 
uh, optic. But then if you turn it 45 degrees, now you have some backup sites there that you can use to engage targets at closer distances. Um, that's not, um, that's not a bad idea, especially for competition. And it may even make sense on, on, uh, you know, a rifle that, uh, a soldier's taken into combat and that sort of thing, but I, I'm not sure how how relevant that is in a uh, in a home defense application. Also, you know, you probably don't want a scope on on your AR that you're using for home defense, right? So, and and you you laugh, but you'll be amazed how how people um you know they they don't understand that you have to set this thing up for whatever purpose that you that uh, you intend to use it. But um, yeah, there's ridiculous things. I joked earlier about a bayonet. There are there are things like that. I mean, there's you know uh, a, a green uh, like a zombie killer handle on this little bayonet thing that I that I got at one of these writers events I was at, and I, and I think it was tongue in cheek. At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, people go overkill. You you probably don't need night vision and things like that, right? I mean, it's uh, and, and you don't want the rifle to weigh thirty pounds, so. Especially if you're talking about an AR pistol, you want to keep it nice and and, and streamlined. Um, I will say that with the with whatever it is that you're using as an optic or a primary sighting system, you do need to have uh, redundant sights, backup iron sights. I think are critical, and that's with a with an AR pistol or with a pistol like on my. You know, Glock 19 that I just got back from Bowie Tactical Concepts, shameless plug, it's freaking awesome. Mm. But, uh, you know, I have the uh, RMR mounted on the top, the Trigicone RMR, and then I have the backup, you know, iron sights, which are, again, electronics fail, and you want to have something to uh, to fall back on when that happens. Sure. I think the only thing I would I would add for things to avoid, for the AR pistol specifically, people need to understand, like, Whereas on, on a regular carbine rifle or an AR-15, you might put a vertical grip on there. Some people like the vertical grip. If you do that with an AR pistol, you just took it away from being a pistol and made it an illegal short barrel rifle unless you have the licensing for it and everything. So you, you are absolutely right about that, Jeff. And that was uh, one of the notes I had to make. Although you can have, and this is splitting hairs kind of, but you can have an angled forend. Uh, an, an angled um, foregrip, rather, and that essentially serves as the same function, but it doesn't meet the same legal definition. So it's not going to cause the legal problems. Never going to under normal circumstances, not under uh, you know in a laxed atmosphere at the range. But when someone's breaking in your house and trying to kill you, you're going to be in absolute you know gross motor mode, and, uh, and and you might find that you're not quite as coordinated as you think you would be. So having that positive stop for your lead hand uh, is important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rich, let's talk about tactics. Uh, let, go ahead and walk me through like a basic home defense scenario with my AR pistol. I mean, what makes the pistol in this type of a situation tactically, like how can I maximize the, the qualities that it has as a weapon for home defense? Sure. You know, first of all, regardless of what type of weapon you have, the best idea is to stay in your, you know, the proverbial safe room and monitor the entrances into that room. And so if someone comes into that room and they need to be shot, you're in a pretty good position uh, to be able to shoot them. It's like you will be acting and they will be reacting once they open that door. Um, but let's face it, it doesn't always work out that way. In the real world, uh, things happen. 
and we have other family members who probably aren't just going to instantly appear in our safe room. So we're going to have to go check on the kids and stuff like that. Well, an AR pistol is easier to uh, it, it's easier to store. We talked about uh, storage in a vehicle, but also it's easier to store in your room. You don't necessarily have to store it in that closet safe. You can have maybe other options that would be more similar to the way you would store a pistol, you know, whether that's with a certain type of locking mechanism or however it is that you, that you decide to store it. It's going to probably be more accessible to you than a rifle would be. And then once you have the AR pistol in hand, it's just more compact, it's lighter, it's uh, easier to maneuver. One of the things that I'm big on is is teaching people proper room clearing tactics. And one of the big problems is leading with your muzzle into a room. So what that's going to do is tip off anybody who may be hiding in the room or on the other side of the door that you're entering that you're coming. If you see a barrel, there's a pretty good chance that there's a dude behind that holding it. And then they now are acting and you're going to be reacting probably to their gunfire when you enter that room. So leading with the muzzle is a huge uh, potential uh, error uh, when, when you're entering a room. And with a shorter weapon, it's much more forgiving. You're much less likely to proceed your movement into a room with the muzzle of your gun, and that's going to go a long way toward keeping you more safe. Also, it's just easier to clear, um, and, and this may be more of a law enforcement application, but if you have a shorter uh, barreled rifle, it's easier for you to uh, clear a, a big structure or to spend a lot of time holding that gun because it's lighter weight. There's less length and less weight at the at the muzzle at the barrel to to cause you to fatigue so um, those are those are some issues also with a shorter weapon you can more easily bring that what i call a close quarter hold where you bring the stock or the brace or the buffer tube underneath your arm your primary arm and then it frees up your left arm to do whatever it is that that it needs to do whether it's uh you know, moving something or, or someone out of the way or opening a door or whatever it is uh, that you're doing there. Those things can be quite cumbersome if you're, you know, trying to clear your, your house with a musket. But with, <laughs> with an AR pistol, it just, it's just a lot more handy to maneuver in close quarters. So uh, that, that's a huge advantage uh, from a home defense standpoint. Yeah. So, Rich, can you leave us with, like, a training drill here that I can do at home with, like, the AR pistol, like, like dry fire or something like that, or just something that we can, we can better, better learn how to, how to use this type of weapon platform specifically for home defense in that type of a scenario? Is there anything you can, that people can actually use right now to practice something like that if they have one? Yeah, yeah you know, that's a good question, Jeff. I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big uh, specific drill kind of guy, but I will say this. Um, one of the best things I think you could do is to get an, an AR, uh, an airsoft, AR-15. And airsoft used to be a joke. You know, people used to laugh at it. You're not using simunition. You're using airsoft. What well, the police department, we used simunition and we recently switched to airsoft and it's way better. It's, it, they run way more, um, reliably. It just makes for a better training experience. There's less, um, safety precautions and everything. But where I'm going with this airsoft thing is get an airsoft rifle 
And what you can do is configure it in a similar manner that your uh, AR pistol is configured. And you could probably even buy it just like that, to be honest with you. But if not, you can modify it to where it's similar. And you can, there's different ways you can do this. Initially, what I would say is set up some cardboard targets, like some IPSC targets or something uh, throughout your house in different points. And just practice slowly going around these corners, not uh, not extending beyond a threshold before you're ready to commit to the room and just all these very basic room clearing procedures it may seem you know mundane but even even the most high speed SWAT team or military unit what they're doing is playing angles I mean it, it really is pretty simple it just becomes difficult because of the stress involved right but, but it is a very simple process and that's what you need to do uh, with your AR pistol then what I would do is step it up a little bit and have someone with appropriate protective gear inside your house. You don't know where they're going to be, but you're going to get your AR pistol and you're going to start clearing and you're going to try to find them. And the goal is obviously to find them before they find you. And with airsoft or any of these force on force or role play type scenarios, keep in mind that not every scenario should be a, a shoot scenario. We don't want to program ourselves that every time we grab this gun, the answer is going to be pressing the trigger. We have to be thinking throughout this entire process. So I know that's not a specific drill, Jeff, but uh, I, I think if someone if someone engages in that type of training, in addition to live firing uh, their AR pistol, uh, they're going to be pretty prepared uh, for whatever uh, situation may arise. Yeah. Yeah, all good, really good points. I mean, you're right. I mean, a lot of it's just familiarity. The first time that you are employing a an AR pistol, especially if it's something that you're not as familiar with in like a, a home setting, you don't want the first time to be doing it, the go time period where you heard something crashing down in, in the kitchen area. So yeah, makes total sense. Exactly. Um, and, then, and, and then you're trying to, you're, you're trying to find that uh, shoulder mount, but you're, you're, oh my gosh, I have this buffer tube. What do I do with this? <laughs> like me, yeah. Because you're not familiar. And that's a huge issue. I'll tell you one more issue is, a shorter barreled rifle is going to be louder. So that's something uh, to consider. Now, granted, if someone's breaking in my house, I'm not concerned with how, not overly concerned with how loud it's going to be if I'm forced to press the trigger. But like from a training standpoint too, if you're training in an indoor environment, it's a good idea to double up with the uh, earplugs and ear muffs if you're shooting a, a shorter barreled rifle. And just know that that could be a concern uh, even in a, in a, in a real situation, um, that your hearing may be, uh, uh temporarily, uh, diminished. Yeah. Now, some of that is negated by auditory exclusion. So it may not sound loud, right? But, uh, one thing important to, to note is that even though it doesn't seem that loud to you, it's still doing damage. So like, again, for a single situation, someone breaks in your home, who cares what degree of, of a hearing loss you may sustain. You're just trying to survive it and stop the threat. But as far as from a training standpoint, that's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. Well, Rich, this is, this has been awesome, man. Um, definitely. I mean, this is, uh, an area that, um, I know you've written about, you've done videos on and things like that. And so, um, listen, everybody, you know, what I didn't tell you about, about Rich that was really made him one of my, my favorite instructor is the very first time that I, I discovered his work and brought him into our instructor network was that 
rich by like, I think the very core of what he does is he doesn't take all the traditional regurgitated stuff and just take it as gospel. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, you know, how rich really started out, how I remember him starting out with the information he was putting out into an already crowded marketplace was he took a lot of the stuff that people were out there training as gospel and said, okay, well, does this really work? Let's pressure test it. And so everything basically started with a whiteboard of this is being trained as being the, the right way to do it, but how do we know that? Let's go ahead and put it under pressure and see if it works. And what he found a lot of the time was, no, works great on a relaxed range or in relaxed close quarters combat where you're you know, training down at the local martial arts studio. But when the you dojo. Come, yeah, when you yeah. put it in the pressure, it just it, it failed miserably. And, and he took, always took that as, OK, well, if that doesn't work, let's figure out what does work. And without any preconceived notions about what that is and just really tested, tested, tested. So, look, I'm a huge fan of Rich's work. All you have to do is go look at any of his ma magazine articles or any of the training he has out there, and you'll see exactly why he's gained in so much popularity out there. Go and visit him over at his website at www.wartac.com. And again, that's W-A-R-T-A-C.com. And until our next Modern Combat Spiral broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>